Welcome to the podcast, God Wants to Talk to You. 15 minutes of Bible talk hosted by a regular guy, ordinary non-church affiliated layman named Michael. And that would be me. Welcome back to another episode of God Wants to Talk to You. It is my pleasure to be here. I am Michael, and I'm very excited to dive back into another chapter of the Bible. I told you guys I am really uh, big on my readings of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there's so much to discuss here. We only do 15 minutes. If you are new, welcome to the show. I am not affiliated with any church, have no ministry. I started this podcast, kind of something just hit me. I talked about it in the last one, uh, and it inspired me to do it. I asked if I should do it. The answer I received was, yes, you should, and you should call it. God wants to talk to you. So I'm like, okay, done, got it, on it. And I have started and have been passionately pursuing this project. And really what I'm fired up about is getting people to read the Bible. That's all I want out of this. I want you, if you're if you're someone who knows the Bible in and out, it's probably not the podcast for you. You're probably like, this guy's a moron. He hardly knows what he's talking about. That would be true. I would, I would co-sign that for you. But I am a guy that is trying to be a better person. I am a sinner that is trying to do the best that I can every single day, and I am trying to bring the joy that I am getting from reading the Bible to others by encouraging them to read the Bible. When I talk about these stories, hopefully you'll be like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't know that. And there's so much every day. I've been a, was blessed to be raised a Christian, but really never knew the Bible. And, and I think that's the truth for so many people. You're like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Really? Let me read that. And then you read it and you're like, whoa. And these stories are amazing because it is the gospel. We're talking about God, our heavenly father. We're talking about Jesus, our Lord and savior. And today, oh, before I go though, before I get into what we're going to talk about today, shout out to everybody listening. I'll, I told you I was blessed if one person comes here and we've got somebody that's listening and is enjoying the podcast, and now it is up to 18 people. And that's just, we're on show number four. I'm ecstatically happy about that. I tell you, I have another podcast that has thousands of people listening to it, and I don't really care. This is the one I care about. This is the one I really want to see grow. So if you want to reach out to me, it is Instagram, God wants to talk to you. Uh, follow it, and then you can DM me, or, and I will get it, and I will respond to anything. Uh, there's people slowly coming on there. Not not a lot. The Instagram not going at the rate that the podcast is. 18 people is just unbelievable. That is unbelievable to me. So welcome. Thank you. And then we've got a lot of people here in America, and I know we've got uh, somebody listening over in Belgium on the podcast, and thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys very much. And hopefully you get something out of this or get encouraged to pick up the Bible and read it. And like I said, if you don't have a Bible, you can order one on Amazon. I would recommend if you're a newbie, the uh, an NIV Bible, the King James Bible is a tough read, uh, but I'm a dummy. So if you're not a dummy, maybe the King James Bible is for you, but I have both. And I've been studying the King James for a while and there's times I got to reread stuff and be like, what? What? What do you say? Jesus is always saying, verily, verily, I say unto thee. And you're like, well, Jesus didn't talk like that. But like I know. But anyway, that's how the King James Bible does it. So here it is in the NIV Bible. And that's what I use here on uh, God Wants to Talk to You, the podcast. So today on the show, we are going to get into, well, we're going to get into Mark chapter 9. 
and in particular the transfiguration. Now this is a part where Jesus is with the disciples and he tells uh, most of them to stay there, but he gets Peter, James, and John, and he says, come up here with me, and he takes them up on the top of a mountain, and he goes up there and he is transformed before their very eyes to his clothes change, and then I don't know where they look, and he's talking with two people, and those two people are the prophet Elijah and Moses of the Old Testament. So you've got cameos from the Old Testament popping up in the New Testament here as witnessed by disciples who who saw this with their own eyes, and they saw Moses, and they saw Elijah, and that's not all. God makes an Old Testament appearance, and when I say God in the Old Testament, he would we never see God. No one's ever seen God and lived but it would be the burning bush or the cloud or the smoke cloud. And he came as a cloud in this uh, story, not a story, but in, in this situation with, it's like funny. I feel like if I called a story, I am, they are great stories and they're, they're as riveting as any book or movie you've ever seen, but I don't think they're stories. They're truth. And we're going to get into that uh, later after I read this uh, verse to you. So here we are, Mark chapter nine, the transfiguration And we'll talk about this after I read it to you. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, as they were all so frightened. Then a cloud appeared. Imagine you're frightened now. You've got Moses and Elijah there, and you are freaking out. And then a cloud appears, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, what's this? The cloud appears, it covers them, and a voice comes from the cloud that says, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, no one was there anymore. It was just Jesus. So they're coming down the mountain. Jesus is walking with them. And he tells them, do not tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus said this, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restore all things. When then it is written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected, but I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wish, just as it was written about him. Now, besides, oh my God, God is there. Jesus is there. Moses is there. Elijah is there. Imagine you're those those three disciples sitting there. Now, and here's something that, that I really love. This is, I love, one of the things I love about the Bible. I love everything about the Bible, but I love this. The Bible never discredits, like Jesus never discredits the Old Testament. Like at no point does Jesus ever say, yeah, well, you know, that was that was kind of like, a, you know how I tell you guys parables? That's kind of like a parable to teach people. He doesn't discredit any of the stuff. It absolutely validates. Jesus validates in the Bible the Old Testament, and I think the Old Testament validates Jesus. The two go together. It's, it's a complete book. Like, don't just read the New Testament. The Old Testament constantly talks of Jesus. There's stuff in in there about Jesus from Genesis, which is the first book in the Bible, uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, which is with Moses. It's all in there talking about Jesus. And then here's Jesus. Uh, If you notice, okay, 
in the Gospels, when Jesus was taken into the desert and tempted by the devil, not only does Jesus quote scripture to him, but then the devil tries to mislead him by quoting scripture back to him. So if you look at it, really, not even the devil tries to dispute the truth and accuracy of the Bible. Because so often, how many times do you hear non-believers say, oh, it's just a book. It was written thousands of years ago. It's been rewritten. It's altered over the years. If it's the narrative of the church, they change it. Well, here's the two best arguments against this. You've got Jesus, the Son of God, never, ever, ever saying anything at any point in the New Testament. Is he ever saying anything about the Old Testament not being true or just being a story or not being anything? And the fact that he says that about Elijah. Now, if you remember Elijah, one of the typical prophets who was constantly on the run because they were trying to kill him. Elijah is also the only person uh, ever that I, besides Jesus, that was brought to heaven alive. He was just whisked up and gone as a as a whole live human into heaven. A chariot of fire appeared and he got on it and rode off into heaven and was gone. But, and they persecuted him and went after him. It was King Ahab and then King Ahab died and then his son took over and then the son died and both of them pursued Elijah and they were horrible. Elijah lived in a cave at one point and couldn't go out and God had crows bringing food to him. But Jesus does not talk about any of these being stories. These are the truth and they are real. And you would think if someone was coming up and claiming to be the Messiah and they weren't, they would probably say, yeah, well, that, that was that. But, but you know, my teachings are the real. Don't worry about that. He doesn't. He validates it constantly throughout the Bible. He quotes scripture and it all talks about him. He talks about that and says, as it was written, everything he says, as it was written or in fulfillment of the scripture. So he's fully aware of what the Bible says, because the Bible is the word of God. It is the word of God. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls are another thing that massively kabosh that argument. If you are unfamiliar with those, there's a lot of really great documentaries on those. They were discovered recently, and as far as time goes, 1947 and 1956 in uh, these caves around the Dead Sea. They found 11 caves that had these big, like, there would be like wine-type jugs that had uh, scriptures in them, and they pulled them out, and they were all books of the Bible and they were written, once they dated them, from 300 years before Christ to the first century, so during and after Christ is when those were written. And here's what's amazing. They're accurate to the Bible today. They aren't any different. There was no changes. The church didn't change anything. And that was 2,000 years ago that those were written. And remember, that the old Bibles had to be, each single one had to be handwritten. There was no printing press. So, and then the Bible today, now 2,000 more years into the future, is the same as what was written there. It's incredible. It's incredible. It is the work of God is what it is. So, I find the, the Bible to be 100% true and accurate. Another thing that we find in Mark chapter 9 is a story about a man who brings his son to the disciples while uh, Jesus was up on the mountain with Peter, James, John, Moses, Elijah, and God. Uh, and the guy has a son that has a demon in him. He has an unclean spirit. And something else that we see a lot in the, in the uh, Bible, that people were possessed, people had demons in them. And 
Jesus had given the power to cast demons out and to heal people to the disciples at this point, and they were able to do it. However, in this situation, the disciples were unable to cast this uh, unclean spirit out of this boy. So Jesus comes walking down the mountain, and they're like, and then they all run to him, and they're like, hey, man, we, we can't cast this thing out. Like, we don't know what's going on. They're not freaking out. Why can't we cast this one out? Well, here's what Jesus told them. Of course, Jesus cast him out. And Jesus, by the way, seemed a little annoyed. But then, then he says something different in here. It says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers, which are the uh, uh, J- Jews of the, of the time, the ruling party. And they're arguing with them. As soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And he says, what are you arguing about? The man answers in the crowd, teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him, change my page, uh, of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him into the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And Jesus says, you unbelieving generation. And he does it. Just bam. Says, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus said, how long has the boy been like this? And the the father said, since childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do something, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Yeah, you have to believe. That's all you got to have. You got to have faith. That's what Jesus is telling the dad. And at this point, the father said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Now the crowd comes running over and Jesus then immediately rebukes the unclean spirit and uh, makes it leave. It, It now leaves. The spirit shrieked, convulsed violently, and came out of the boy. Another thing they say is it looked like the boy was dead on the ground, but then Jesus came over and touched him. The kid may have died, but Jesus would bring people back from the dead. That was not uncommon. That happened many times in the Bible. So he may have brought him back to life. I don't know. But it says he looked dead, and then Jesus reached down and picked him up, and he was fine. So I don't know if he died when the spirit left and Jesus brought him back to life or what, but Jesus cast that spirit out. Now, the disciples were freaked, and they said, uh, you know, master, why were we not able to cast this one out? And he said, this one could only be cast out with fasting and prayer. So apparently it was a very powerful, um, powerful demon that was inside of this kid, but it did come out now. And that's another thing that, that I wanted to talk about as far as the accuracy and the legitimacy of the Bible and the realness of the Bible and how you can believe in the Bible. As far as casting demons out this, it's all over. In the Bible, unclean spirits. There's many instances and many stories of Jesus casting demons out of people in the Bible. And that still happens today. You still see people who are possessed today. There's still people that seek, especially the Catholic Church, to get demons out. And what's crazy is, what is the one thing that works? The one thing that gets these demons out of people when people are possessed by a demon today 2,000 years later, it's when they're commanded to get out in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. They still have to bow to him. Jesus has power over them, and they have to get out 2,000 years later. 
So Jesus has command over unclean spirits, and you can still get them out in his name. And it's something that is true in the Bible, and it's something that is true today. It is the only thing that works. Faith in Jesus and know that Jesus can do it, and they will go. They will flee. They will flee the name of Jesus in prayer. That's what it takes. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's just two of the stories in this one chapter. And I always feel like I don't do these justice, but I get caught up in the stories and telling you guys what's going on that I I lose my entire 15 minutes to those stories. So once again, I urge you, you want to read further. There's a lot more in Mark chapter nine, and that's just a chapter in the entire book of Mark. So much to get into. I appreciate you guys being here. I'm very thankful. Please share the podcast or show it to someone else. Pass it along. Uh, share the link. Uh, meet us on on Instagram. It is God wants to talk to you. You can get a message there to me, and we will be back soon with another part of another chapter. Most likely, I'm going to go ahead and stay with the Gospels for now. We'll move around later on, and and we will get some stuff. You know what? I know what I'm going to do next time. We're going to get into a story about a man who has a dying child and he runs to Jesus for help. And Jesus is so mobbed by the crowd that the child dies while they're on their way for Jesus to heal the child. And we'll talk about this because it's so relevant to your faith and your faith journey. We will get into that. Uh, Till next time, God bless you. And here's how you get a hold of us. If you would like to contact us here at God Wants to Talk to You, follow us and reach out through Instagram at God Wants to Talk to You. Until next time, may the peace of our Lord be with you.